1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewinder Raw with John Pollock and Waiting, the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewinder Raw for Monday night, a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewinder Raw for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Waiting mic. Welcome to Rewinder Raw, it's John Pollock and Waiting here on a Monday night. What's good?
0: Well, it's good. Yes. Uh, you know, not a whole lot. It's a brand new week. A lot of wrestling to talk about. So let's go.
1: All right. Well, let's go into what's coming up this week, Mr. Ting. There is uh, lots to discuss. Uh, earlier tonight, we just put up an interview with Big E that we have up on the site. So there's about a half hour interview right now with Big E talking about uh, a new project that he's involved with. Uh that includes, uh, Andreas Hale, friend of the site, our heroes rock. So if you want to hear all about this, they're doing this Kickstarter campaign and they had a tremendous first day. I think that their goal will be likely met by April 12th, but it's, uh, it's a very cool project that they have, uh, put together. They have a trailer out on it. It's like this animated series that would focus on, on different, different figures, um, and just going across the gamut. So they're trying to fund the the pilot. And I found it to be a really interesting project. So uh, we, we chatted about quite a lot in this uh, interview about uh, everything involving uh, George Floyd last summer. His decision to wear the armbands on television. Taking a knee with Kofi Kingston. Uh, we got into a lot of stuff. His involvement, how he handles social media uh, in this day and age, in this climate. And uh, as well, we touched upon Brody Lee as well, who he was extremely close with. Uh, so I was really happy with this interview. if People want to check that out on the main feed.
0: That's a great get, John. Uh, I look forward to uh, checking it out.
1: This week, we've got the return of our Rocky Balboa review with the 2006 Resurrection of the Franchise. That's dropping on Tuesday for CAFE members and our good pal Ed Boxer will be returning. He was part of the Rocky 4 review, so we will chat about Rocky Balboa. Rocky versus Mason the Line Dixon, a.k.a. Antonio the Magic Man Tarver. I'm happy to do this
0: one, especially coming off of Rocky 5 last month. Um, from what I gathered, this one is one of the really good ones, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Other things on the cafe this weekend, we're going to have uh, you know, our usual live shows after Dynamite and SmackDown. On Sunday, it's Rewind Division, two episodes left, so Wei and WH will be chatting about that. We'll also have a post-show after Castle Attack discussing the two New Japan events that are happening this weekend. So, a lot of stuff on the cafe, and I also want to make mention that the new Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure, they'll be handling the... Eddie Guerrero documentary from 2004 that the WWE put out. This was prior to his passing. It's a really excellent documentary uh, that I haven't watched in quite some time, but they are going to be looking at that as well as some of the select matches on that DVD and joining them. Neil, our man,
0: Neil. Oh my. Awesome. Cool. Uh, that That's all great. Of course, our friends at Up Next have Deep Impact coming out on Tuesday, Shot in the Dark on Wednesday, Up Next as usual on Wednesdays. I also wanted to direct everybody's attention. If you're a fan of the Wellness Policy, Jordan Goodman and Lord of the Cord Phil Chertok will be hosting their little own group chat on the Discord Thursday three o'clock, which is uh you know the approximate time that we uh, usually have the Wellness Policy. But this week they'll be doing their own little discussion about meditation. Uh, Jordan and Phil are practitioners, and Phil in particular wanted to you know. Uh, Take the time to kind of discuss what meditation has has done for him. So, if people are looking for a bit of an introduction, even a, I think Jordan might be leading people through a group meditation at some point, Thursday, three p.m. Eastern at slash discord Will the cowbell be part of the meditation? I, I, some form of percussion instrument. I, I think will be there. The cowbell, I'm not sure. Okay, maybe that's a special request you can make. You can find out.
1: Okay, well, uh, the whole schedule's up at uh, postwrestling.com. A lot of great stuff this week. You can check that out, as well as postwrestlingcafe.com. A bunch of news items to go through. First and foremost is the announcement on Monday that after a year and a half, NXT is going to start airing live in Canada on Sportsnet 360 beginning this week. So when NXT moved to the USA Network in October of 2019, uh, it did not go live here in Canada. Instead, it's been very difficult for Canadians to keep up with the NXT product. Your options have been uh, wait for the show to be uploaded to the WWE Network, watch a one-hour edited version of the show on Friday nights at 7 prior to SmackDown, or seek out a legal means to keep up with NXT. And I am I am curious what this whole year and a half What kind of toll it's taken on the NXT fan base in Canada? Um, They will be going head to head with AEW on TSN two, and they are they are relatively comparable networks. You have to go uh, to a higher tier uh, on your cable package to get Sportsnet three sixty and TSN two, and. Yeah, this but, will start but anybody this who gets Raw or
0: SmackDown will now get NXT live exactly. on Wednesday.
1: yes. If you have SportsCent 360, you'll now get NXT. It's on the exact same network as the other two and main event that they also carry. So, yeah, I think this Wednesday, it's it's actually a rarity in Canada because, as we've mentioned many times during the, the Monday Night War, uh, it wasn't a case of having to choose between two. You never got Raw and Nitro head-to-head on Monday nights, and that was the case up until this week with NXT and Dynamite.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I would assume really by this point, like if you're watching wrestling on a Wednesday in Canada, whether anywhere really in the world, you probably already made up your mind about which show you're committed to what you're watching. So I, I you know, I, I do think like there's something to be said about like being able to flip back and forth to see like who has the better show. Uh, So at least like people who might be sick of dynamite or a match on dynamite or hear about a big thing on NXT in Canada. Now they'll be able to flip over just like everybody else.
1: So that will start Wednesday. Um, Hiromu Takahashi, he had missed Saturday's show for New Japan, and then today, when he didn't work the Core Q and Hall show, they announced he has torn his left pectoral muscle, and he's going to be out an estimated six months. He is their current junior heavyweight champion. Uh, a big blow to that division, losing its champion, and he was set for two title matches this week. Uh, not only was he defending the title against El Fantasmo Sunday, but he was also going to be uh, teaming to take on uh, with Bushi to take on and challenge Phantasmo and Ishimori on Thursday at Korakuen Hall for the junior heavyweight tag titles. They will be replaced by El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So, you know, way we've talked about Hiromu, like he was going to be a big Big factor all year for New Japan, the idea of him headlining shows and this long plan of having him headline a Tokyo Dome show. This definitely throws a major wrench into the junior heavyweight plans for 2021.
0: Yeah, really unfortunate, always unfortunate to hear about, you know, these long layoffs for for wrestlers due to injury. Uh, but especially somebody like him who came back after a career-threatening neck injury and wrestled for, what, a few months before the pandemic hit? That right. took away, you know, like probably six months of his career, um, and then, you know, had, had some great matches when, once he did come back. But now, just to be taken out again, it's it's re- really really unfortunate for somebody like him. But uh, you know, I, I, silver lining is that he will be back from an injury like this one, uh, uh, and hopefully sooner than later.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a serious injury, but obviously nowhere as severe as the the broken neck that he sustained in two thousand eighteen. And they have not made any announcement yet about the title. If they will put in a replacement on Sunday, if they'll hold off and do something with the junior heavyweight title, that is to be determined. But I guess they're going to have to make that decision uh, fairly quickly. So hopefully he makes a full recovery and uh, comes back. But an unfortunate setback for Hiromu Takahashi. Another injury uh, that AEW uh, announced today, and that is Anna J is going to miss six months due to a shoulder injury. And she had been advertised for the ongoing Women's Title Eliminator Tournament. She was going to be taking on Britt Baker on the stream that was going to air tonight. But the shoulder ended up, she could not work. I think the last match she did would have been early January for an episode of Dark. And she was replaced by Maddie Renkowski, who's appeared on Dark several times, losing to Britt Baker tonight. Um, Anna Jay's only 22 years old. Uh, Again, a tough timeline when you're hearing 6 months that you're going to be out but unfortunate for her that she is going to miss out the first half of the year a little bit more
0: yeah yeah um it, it 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 again it always really sucks to to be out for that amount of time but i think again looking at the silver lining it's the fact that she at this point has established herself well enough within um the dark order within the show itself as a per- personality and I really do feel like, you know, despite not being able to wrestle, I hope that she'd be able to travel or at least, like, do some sort of on-air segment just to be able to kind of work on that side of wrestling. Because um, wrestling isn't just, of course, about, you know, what 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 you're doing in ring. Uh, for her especially, it's as much about being a part of the Dark Order and being a character. So I hope she could take this time to really focus on that.
1: That's what I was thinking, that six months out doesn't have to mean six months away. That mm-hmm. she could utilize this time to be present on being the elite to be on television and still have a presence and, and be there. And exactly develop that aspect of your game. And it's, you know, especially in this current setup where it's not like you have to be on the road every single week, they're taping every other week. doesn't mean she has to, she has to be there all the time while she's rehabbing. Like this is a more, this is a more ideal schedule for someone with an injury that still wants to on television you can you can hide that fact and still it's not like you're going to three four different cities every week like a, on a full-on wwe schedule
0: mm-hmm. you're taping two shows um every every time you travel like you're working every two weeks so hopefully she could still have have a role
1: uh progress wrestling put out a statement today and they had so at the end of january they taped several shows which they're now starting to roll out on both their on-demand service and the WWE Network. And in the lead up to this, uh, there had been online a rumor that Paul Robinson had been used as an agent. And this had led to a lot of people questioning progress online. Was Paul Robinson used for these tapings? And for those not familiar, Paul Robinson uh, was one of many people that was named during the Speaking Out movement. Uh, He was named along with uh, several other people from the UK scene uh, by a woman who has since deleted her Twitter account and she this is the same one who had named marty Skrull, and she had stated about paul robinson that uh while on a personal emotional level i find this situation to be a lot less extreme or significant or malicious it still wasn't right relations with a minor are inexcusable as she had said she was 16 when she got involved with paul robinson so all weekend long this became like a Pretty prominent story among those uh, following and attached to the UK scene. And Progress put out a statement on Saturday, not acknowledging whether Robinson had worked the tapings or not. On Monday, they finally did put out a statement and confirmed that uh, uh, Paul Robinson did work the shows. They ended up taping uh, five shows, and he worked as an agent. And they essentially said that the talent was okay with it, and that was... Largely their their statement that they had uh, put out today. We have the full thing up on the site. And, you know, without g- getting into all of this story, I will say that this, it, it was very interesting to see that for progress. I mean, they had been a group that had stated last summer that they were going to get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff and be transparent. And I think that that was... Their first mistake was trying to just do this without being transparent from the beginning about this. And this is a story that I think is going to resurface many times. Like these, all of those names that you heard last summer, a lot of them are going to eventually make their way back into wrestling. For many, that is how they make a living. And in light of any charges being faced or anything like that, you're essentially leaving it to the promotions to police themselves of who they will book and who they will not book. And they will have to weigh that of what kind of backlash are we going to get for using said performer versus the value we see in that person. And over the weekend, they realized that, you know, it was essentially the public outcry of progress feeling they had to address this. And again, I just think that this is going to return many, many times over the next months. Even years, there will be maybe some that we never see come back to the industry, but I just feel way there is going to be plenty more that promotions are going to eventually want to book because they see a value in the in these people, whether they have allegations attached to them or not.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, I think so, you know, without really being able to speak like I'm a part of like that that scene who goes to these shows or even watches progress on a regular basis. Um it's hard for me to maybe describe my own comfort level, but certainly l- l- looking at some of the response just to something like this over the weekend. I mean, the goal right now is to make your audiences feel comfortable consuming your product. And I with that comes I think a great deal of transparency, maybe above and beyond, you know, what, what is even expected, um, to really kind of show show that um uh, you know the <laughs> this is a cool place to be. Like it's, it's safe. It's um I, I, I can't really say what the correct answer with anything is like to what limit I think they should be um, transparent, but obviously it wasn't enough this past week.
1: No. And I mean, it's going to be different circumstances for different individual cases. I think that for a lot of them, it's like, if you're talking about wrestlers, well, you're going to advertise them and, in a way you are kind of leaving it to your audience to determine we have booked this person. And if we do not sell tickets to an event and there's, and there's going to be more of this, I think on like the, the more local independent level where you're talking about a much a small, uh, smaller audience you're drawing from, like they will get that message. I think in this case, like this is not, you're not going to be announcing your agents ahead of time. But I think in this case, I think progress has learned like the idea of we're going to use this person and then once we're called upon it, try and avoid or at least not address it in a timely fashion on On Saturday when they were being called upon. I think they they get that message and and I think it's unfair to put the talent in the situation that they – I don't know if – like I, I remember the story that, that Bret Hart had in his book where they're all the, – the talent – I think it was talking about like like the travel at the time and just different issues and Vince McMahon asked the locker room of well who has a problem with this and Brett and I think one other person put their hands up but then after the meeting it was all this other talent coming up to Brett saying oh thanks for talking about say, thanks for saying something we just didn't want to speak up like that's that's the wrestling industry it's I think it's very difficult to just rely on the talent here um that you're they're not necessarily going to want to rock the boat if they feel a promotion wants to utilize someone. So it's, it's a very, it's very difficult to uh, discuss a lot of this stuff, but this is going to be the fallout of everything that happened last summer is that in time there are going to be people that maybe last summer were deemed untouchable that promotions are going to be looking at and stating like we see a value in this person. Has that been enough time? And that it's what, when you're talking about, you know, outside of any kind of regulatory body that's going to issue suspensions or any kind of, like, what is the the time period? Is it people have lifetime bans from wrestling? Is it a certain amount of time? It's all subjective and it's all different between different cases based on the level of severity. Like it's all, I think, severe in some way, in some fashion, but there's going to be degrees of it as well. So, um, I'm sure that the, uh, the BWE crew will be talking about the story quite a lot on their next show, but I thought it was important to bring up uh, coming out of the weekend. Another thing from the weekend that I understand you saw, I have not. Um, what did you think of the Sasha Banks edition of the Broken Skull Sessions?
0: Oh, it was fantastic. I thought it was one of Austin's best. Certainly one of the, his, all all his interviews are, are usually really good, but this one in particular I I thought was exceptionally good because Sasha was such a great subject. Um, to me, she just has such a great personality that you don't really get to see when she's playing the character, the character is really good, but like when she's being herself and I first saw this on hot ones, which is the thing that ultimately got her John Favreau's attention to cast her, uh, on, on the Mandalorian. Um, she just comes across as somebody who is so fun yet also vulnerable and incredibly confident. Uh, and for somebody at such a young age to be able to kind of have all that. I just watched this whole thing and just, you know, made me realize how how much bigger she could be than what wrestling would be able to offer.
1: That's really interesting. Um I look forward to watching this uh at some point. So, um yeah, how long is it? It's about like an hour and a half. Wow. Okay. So, uh, a lengthy broken skull session. Mhm. Did they drink beer? Oh yeah. No Jack Daniels, just beer?
0: I think just beer for this one.
1: All right. Well, there you go. Sasha Banks on the Broken Skull Sessions. You can find out all your news at postwrestling.com, including our our world-renowned news updates. There is one up for Monday. Andrew Thompson will be on top of things on Tuesday. He'll also have an interview with Amy Rose from Ring of Honor and lots of news uh, to find up there, including uh, the... The latest card for this Sunday when AEW has their Bleacher Report stream, uh, which will feature two tournament matches. And they've also added a six-woman tag, including the return of Maki Ito to the AEW airwaves.
0: also wanted to uh, draw draw some attention to John Cena's Bloodsport reports over the past two weeks. Uh, Bloodsport 4 and 5, Cena wrote reports on them. The had a chance to watch some of Bloodsport 5. Uh, it's it's a show that continues to catch my attention because it's just so unique. And uh, I thought the main event was a lot of fun, but man, Moxley versus uh Barnett, we're finally gonna get it at uh WrestleMania weekend, April Um, 8th. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Moxley is just like a tremendous ambassador, I think, for all this stuff. Um, he's about to have an incredible couple weeks here starting with Bloodsport, of course, but then this Friday on NGPW Strong against Kenta, and then a week after that... Electrified Revolution. barbed wire.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, he's got quite a lot coming up uh, starting this Friday. So, mm-hmm. yes, the, long, the somewhat jinxed match between John Moxley and Josh Barnett, this will be their third try at that match. So, uh, April 8th, it is scheduled to be featured at Bloodsport 6 during WrestleMania week. So let's get into Raw following the Elimination Chamber. John Morrison introduced The Miz, and I think they spent the equivalent of the entire budget they spent during the Performance Center era uh, on The Miz's pyro. You know what? A new champion? Come on. Let's go. We just got the Peacock deal. Just put a dent in that deal with this pyro display. The Miz brings up that he came here 16 years ago. And people thought he'd be fired in three weeks. Here he is as a champion, outlasting people like Batista and John Cena. What the hell have they done? And others that just don't measure up, mentioning Bobby Lashley, The Big Show, and Triple H. He's the Babe Ruth of WWE calling his shot. And everyone's gotta have their their distinction way. Miz is the only two time Grand Slam champion in history. <laughs> On the Raw side, he mentions he's won every major title on Raw multiple times because there's a universal title that I guess has eluded him. Two-time Grand Slam champion with an asterisk, not to include the other major world title. So, so
0: what, what would that entail? Like, what which title specifically would that entail?
1: I guess they mean his WWE title is like his world title. He's 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 won both secondary titles. He's won the tag titles. What's the other one? The does the Money in the Bank count? He's won that twice. Um,
0: does that count? Would it be the what other uh, titles? I guess the I mean the U.S. The I.C. Like does that count as two separate ones? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a a, a reasonable explanation. Sure, two-time Grand Slam
1: champion. Sure, Bobby Lashley. and it, That more just underscores how how little like all the title reigns mean. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Lashley and MVP come out and they point out. That Lashley was not thanked for allowing Miz to cash in. And Lashley says the agreement was he is first in line for a title shot. Miz did promise that, but he never said when. And he just doesn't have time to do a title match. Lashley says, we made a deal and you have an hour to come to your senses. Or else your new reality show is going to be how Lashley sent me to the emergency room. Which I think you could get maybe half an episode out of i don't know if you could get like eight
0: i mean how i met your mother had like what like 10 seasons or something like that yeah you could do a whole backstory um but i don't know how many people would be watching that sounds more like an a E
1: show yeah um yeah. and then lashley did the world's weakest awesome yeah, I like the way
0: they set up the stakes here for the first hour. Um, I love that they put up a clock. After this, you know, people love clocks. After. People always love clocks because they want to know what happens at the end of it. I just, I just like the idea of making somebody anticipate something that they'll deliver after. It just seems like it's such a novel. This <laughs> is ultimatum like
1: these days. Yes.
0: Yeah, well whatever. Like just give me something to look forward to. And I thought they set that up really well here. I thought Miz's, you know, opening promo was I think, you know, the type of cocky, serious confidence you would have expect from the Miz from time to time. And I I like the fact that they set this up for one hour and not three hours, which <laughs> they could have done. Um maybe
1: they should have, honestly. You have I two think. hours and fifty five minutes to come to your senses. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh so Riddles with his buddies, the Lucha House Party, and he's talking about Call of Duty: Warzone, and he names the eagle on his U.S. belt Travis because he had a na- uh,
0: a friend named Travis who was a complete metalhead.
1: Oh, I thought it was in honor of the musician because this character has been writing to reach me and has failed continually month after month. I don't know that one. Oh, you didn't listen to Travis. He's got Riddle, a scooter now as oh, well. Oh, he had a scooter. He had a scooter, but then he ditched the scooter. I thought he was gonna come out on it. Like oh, the I'm gimmick sure, is well, he's twelve years old. That's that's what the character is. He's a twelve twelve uh, year old stoner. Man, yeah. Did you know many twelve year old stoners? Um
0: kind of young, but I guess I knew it was more past. so uh, I
1: knew thirteen year old stoners.
0: Okay, yeah. So I uh, I'm sure we'll see the scooter uh at some point. It's it's his thing now.
1: Maybe he'll come out to Scooter. World-renowned artist.
0: Take your word for it, man. You
1: you know what? You got to post some of these recommendations in the Discord. Well, perhaps. Riddle and John Morrison for the United States title. They made no explanation as to why John Morrison was getting a United States title shot after last night.
0: He got pinned, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Lashley doesn't want it, I guess.
1: He's above it? They had an actual a pretty good match, I thought. Uh, Morrison applied this dragon sleeper early on and then flipped him onto the apron and hit a tornillo to the floor. He was clutching his knee, and then Riddle hit a fisherman buster onto the edge of the apron. And we go to break, counting down to Miz's ultimatum. Riddle hit a floating bro to the floor, bridging German, and then Morrison comes back with a one-man Spanish fly. The bro to sleep followed by a super kick by Morrison starship pain gets stopped. And then he takes him out of the corner from the starship pain attempt and hits bro Derek. And he wins in 11 minutes and four seconds. I thought this was much better than the kickoff match on Sunday.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I I enjoyed these two a whole lot in the three way last night. I thought like they told a really good story of like trying to team up together to take on Bobby Lashley. And I thought that chemistry really continued tonight. I quite enjoyed this match. I think Morrison is way better than his booking suggests. Um, he's the type of wrestler that, like, would be somewhat... Like, you'd you want to use in a video game because his moveset is so distinct from anybody else's, and I thought his style and Riddle's style like, continued to gel really well together here.
1: Well, he's, you know, he's entering his WWE prime WWE years on Raw because he, uh, he is 41, so maybe this is... Uh, they're just getting ready for the big John Morrison elevation now. I, you know, it's,
0: it's, it's more doubtful every day, but yeah, maybe at some point there's a promo for Rhea Ripley coming soon to raw. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I, am I'm not, I could never get mad at like some sort of, you know, a uh, pre-promotion material like this, but it's not like this is a new debut. Like this, she finished second last in the rumble and she faced Charlotte at WrestleMania last year. I kind of feel like Ripley's kind of beyond these coming soon vignettes. You know? Like she could have easily stepped in at any point and everybody, I think, would have known who she was. But
1: You had a really great idea for the pay-per-view that it was hardly... I mean they're obviously going in a different direction and they are not doing that. I question what is um how will she be introduced on Raw? Because if she's not linked to Charlotte or Asuka, I th- I think it's like really like what are you doing at that point? Like, it's a big drop after that. Yeah. I've got to really, fight Nia. Like, I, I, you know, like
0: so much talk has been about how, okay, like Ripley had that match with Charlotte last year. She lost and it just kind of became, you know, began her downward spiral. But I wonder if WWE, like specifically Vince and the main roster really recognize that as an actual story or if it's just something like they kind of cooked up with using the circumstances down in NXT. Because her booking this year will really tell us whether or not she'll get any sort of redemption or if this will just be a completely fresh start that's sort of ignorant of that entire bigger narrative. So, you know, but, but, but the entry here, of course, like timing suggests some sort of peak for WrestleMania. So, you know, let's wait and see whether or not she gets a big role.
1: Yeah. Bad Bunny was showing uh, on SNL with the 24-7 title and he's hanging out with Damian Priest, and they spot R Truth hanging out with a referee. R Truth confuses him for Bugs Bunny. And this greatly upset Damien Priest. He took this as such an insult.
0: Yeah, he, his he, name he,
1: is Bad Bunny.
0: I kind of felt bad for Truth here. I think like,
1: everyone did. It's like this, this is the point where the audience turns on Damien Priest and by default, Bad Bunny. Like, you're
0: not really kidding. Like, I, I definitely in this episode if i if you didn't already feel this way for me at least i definitely am turning a bit of a corner on uh bad bunny where i it's starting to get into go away heat territory for me number one i think just the association with the 24 7 title makes you look like a just geek. such a such a geek yeah
1: i and agree no i think how, the 24 7 title for listen everyone will talk about they got the 24 7 title on snl if one person that is not watching WWE saw that. And wow, he's got a title. Raw's on Monday night. I mean, it's nice, no. but it's it's one of those marketing ideas where it's like, oh, they they saw me. It's like, dude, if, if Wei waiting decided that he was going to go into the Thunderdome, okay, with his post-wrestling hat on. Oh my God, it's the post-wrestling hat. Dude, no one's finding our show because they saw your fucking hat, even though it's 2 million people on Raw. Not one person is finding our show because they saw a hat that drew them to the show. So it's one of those nice things to say. It's cool for WWE. It certainly doesn't hurt them at all. But don't tell me that it's opening up this audience that the 24-7 title is seen on NBC and that's somehow a bridge to viewership just going through the roof now.
0: It'll probably get you on the post wrestling Instagram. So if you want to pick one of these hats up,
1: that's that true. That is true. Um, yeah. Anyway, my whole point is that this guy does have a cool factor. The 24 7 title somewhat dilutes that cool factor.
0: And then on top of that, it's like now you have Damian Priest, who really to me came across
1: like a bully here to a guy who everybody loves in our truth. Uh, It It would have been much better if it was Tozawa in the spot, and I think it would have been much mm -hmm. more accepting a priest just – again, you wouldn't be booking uh, or scripting Tozawa to call him Bugs Bunny, but if he was just standing down Tozawa, fair play. But R-Truth is a fairly lovable character.
0: Yeah. I I didn't think it was very good for, for those two today.
1: But it doesn't matter. There's no crowd to turn on him, so they can do whatever they want. The Miz complains to Adam Pierce about his ultimatum. Miz says there was nothing in writing with Bobby Lashley. And Pierce says, well, you've got to make your decision quickly. That clock is counting down. And Miz pulls out his phone. I don't yeah, know. Who so he was, who texting. was he
0: texting? Who was he calling here? Like, what was this? I don't,
1: I don't know. It, like, it Braun instigulated- didn't show up to do any favors for Miz. So that kind of disqualifies him. Um... Braun was there to make things worse. Yeah, Braun could have made it a three way, which I don't know. You could argue, yeah, makes it worse for Miz.
0: Uh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe he was, uh. Maybe, maybe he just was... like, he's addicted to his phone and it's like when he's nervous, he just like, you know, scrolls aimlessly.
1: He probably just saw the feed update. He probably saw my Big E interview. Dropped right around this time. So, must
0: be. Could have been yeah. him.
1: Speaking of, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus Mace and T-Bar. Did you notice? Hold on. Hold
0: on. You, you forgot our celebrity uh, endorsement on this show, Don. It was Punky Brewster.
1: I purposely was going to skip this, but I do have it here that not only did they plug Punky Brewster on Peacock. I've never been so happy to be geo-blocked in this country. They gave oh, I us loved
0: a, Punky Brewster as a kid.
1: Did you watch Punky Brewster?
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch I it never like when it, watched w- it when it actually aired, but like I watched it on reruns. I mean that that opening theme song is one of my all-time favorites. It was Okay. You know, I know this I is w- like
1: if people followed this, I'm sure it's got some affinity or attachment to your childhood, but this this was never a thing for me.
0: Yeah, I don't know how big it was really in Canada, but I, I can't tell you. I'll, I'll be watching the, this reboot. Um, but man, Charlotte a-
1: and Alexa are going to be on this season, aren't they?
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Charlotte and Alexa are on... Okay. Interesting. Cool. It's no. I watched this trailer.
1: One. Way, you could not... I will never watch this show ever again. This thing looked... It's not for me. It's not for me. It's not so for you. It's barely
0: it. for me either. But, I mean, it is for this audience because I think you have to be at least 40 or 50 to remember this shit. And um, that's who's watching Raw right now. But,
1: man, our celebrity
0: cameos. Oh, my God. Dude,
1: dude, can they not shoot these better? <laughs> like, could we not just get them to, like... Dude, shoot this on your phone at home and we'll just cut to the point of view of your phone. Like, I mean, they, they do
0: have the feeds of uh, whatever Zoom camera that they have that they, they should just be presenting straight up in the cameras. They're than
1: shooting, shooting the, the screens. Like, you could not – they literally had to key them because you would never have been able to know that Freddie Prince Jr., former WWE writer, is on your screen.
0: Like, I'm certainly hoping that neither of these two wasted their time putting on makeup for this appearance because – Dude, like, th- this is, like, shot on, like, man, like, a calculator. You know? You, there's no way you could tell.
1: Did you catch the sponsor that they they dropped here? No. Monday Night Raw brought to you by Toyota. Oh,
0: well, that's a big one.
1: They have, like, WWE over the last number of years, like, they have greatly elevated their adver- their inventory when it comes to advertisers. Like, you're talking, like... You you have like uh, car sponsorships now. Yeah, they're doing Snickers very well. Is back. Cars, sure. Well, Snickers is a constant. They they just love WrestleMania. Reckoning is back with retribution and obviously one out between her and Damian Priest Finisher.
0: You're you're right. Yeah, they changed the name of the finish.
1: Yes. They beat down on Kingston. Uh they hit High Justice onto Kingston. This is, uh, yeah. yeah, High Justice.
0: High Justice, yeah.
1: I think yeah. that's a cool name, don't that's, you? Um, that's, pff, I don't know. It sounds like uh should be maybe Matt Rill's finish.
0: Oh, you're thinking of uh, High Times. That was Chronics' finish. That was Chronics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Get it? it Chronic. A similar move. Yeah. And,. Ali demands they deliver more high justice. And then Kingston fights back. T-Bar is sent to the floor. The three stooges all screw up, running into one another. Trouble in paradise to Mace. And then a trouble in paradise on (laughs) T-Bar. And Retribution loses after having the match won. Two minutes, 52 seconds. And this was Ali's breaking point as he just dressed down Retribution for disappointing him and embarrassing him. And he just stormed off. Oh, my God. The cracks are being seen in retribution way. Everything was going so well. It was they were on such a smooth path to dominance. So, I mean,
0: the idea, I guess what is that Ali is is the incompetent one because he really was the one who cost him the the win here. But he's blaming everybody else for it. Right. Who cares? It's been a terrible story so far, uh, and I can't say it's done anybody any favors, including Kofi Kingston and Woods here, who I just continue to be pretty bored by. Um, Ali is sort of teasing some sort of big action that he's about to take. And, you know, all I'll say is that this Kofi Ali match that he's been talking about this whole time really feels like it's some sort of pipe dream at this point. I I don't think it's happening. I mean, if they didn't do any sort of attack in the lead up in the perfect time to, to elimination chamber, I don't think we're going to get it now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, it just seemed like such a ready-made story. And I just don't know, like even a big angle from Ali. I don't know. I, I think you really have your work cut out for you to grab people's interest back into this. I just retribution is done. The best thing for these masked people is to just assume their previous identities and go their separate ways. Like, this is just a dead, dead gimmick. And it's been like that for months.
0: Do you, do they make it to WrestleMania?
1: Oh, if they do, they will be struggling and collapsing at the finish line to make it to the Andre Battle Royal. Hmm. It's just done. It's a it, it, no fault on them. But this is done. This is just done. Lashley and MVP come out, and it's time for an ultimatum. Pierce asks for Miz's decision, and he just wants more time. That's literally the one thing they cannot provide him after this last hour. He brings up all the challenges that are out there, and he says he wants to be at his best when he faces Lashley. So give me a week. Braun Strowman interrupts. He wants a title shot. He says that Pierce and Shane had a vendetta against him. I am far more clarified than Bobby Lashley. And I had to rewind to clarify what the man said, because I would not be qualified if I did not properly quote him. qual Claire. Far, they were going to ha- have to have an impromptu clarification match to see who would get the shot next week. Yeah. Uh, am I being too mean? No, no. Wow. This okay. is what what we're here for. Shane McMahon comes out next. Five years to the day of his return to the company.
0: Five years already. Wow. Remember
1: that five years ago he came back. I did not feel like that. Man appreciation wow. night. He runs down bronze neurons, which. <laughs> I mean, have, I mean like a, a sitting duck neurons. here to just go after the man's uh, neurons. He says, you weren't a former WWE champion, dummy. You were a universal champion. Well, that idea sucked. I mean, it, it, it lends maybe
0: some, um, I don't know, credibility to, to the idea that maybe the clarify qualified screw up was intentional because he's supposed to be an idiot.
1: Oh, okay. Bad neurons. <laughs> okay sure (laughs) he says that idea sucked former champions i want a title match tonight well shane thinks that idea sucks so instead of a title match instead we're gonna have lashley versus braun where if lashley wins he gets nothing he gets what he's already promised if braun wins it's a triple threat so lashley's just gonna have a match for Keep busy. He, he he.
0: I mean, he does have improved chances if Braun isn't in that match. Um, what it, if Lashley said,
1: "F off! I've got a deal. I'll see you next week."
0: Yeah, I mean, I really think MVP's. Um, I it, listen. MVP is a great strategist, but man, come on, you got to get these things in 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 written form. You know, this was on, this was on
1: camera as well.
0: Oh, that's true. I guess that's not allowed to use. There's there's evidence.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Do you think, uh, is Braun and Shane, is is this your mania direction? Just have one of their crazy fall off high places, do your crazy, I don't know, Shane gets rolled over in an ambulance multiple times. It,
0: It seems like it's the most likely candidate right now, doesn't it?
1: Or they come together as a tag team and fully form brains and brawn brains and brawn yes yes well that's what this promo would suggest right maybe the the, with the maybe we were just setting things up let the story play itself out all these people that watch wandavision they just have no patience for good quality storytelling
0: yeah i mean it was it, all the signs
1: were right there clarified qualified neurons Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander took on Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado in a Tornado tag match that was a non-title match. I don't quite know why. It it was just pretty much an ability for Benjamin and Cedric to have, like, a handicap match because they just dump one out and beat on the other. MVP's warning them not to play around with the Lucha House Party, and... There was a handspring by Cedric going for the Neuralizer, but Dorado grabs him, hits an enziguri off the apron, and then this multiple revolution DDT, followed by a splash off the top by Metalik. That was a very cool sequence. Alexander makes the save. There's a top rope Rana to Alexander, but then Benjamin tosses Dorado into Cedric's flying knee, followed by pay dirt, and they pin Dorado in five minutes and 52 seconds. So uh, not really building challengers, uh, just the champion's, demolishing the lucha house party but fun while it lasted
0: i wasn't a big fan of this tornado tag i mean i do appreciate them changing up the tag formula once in a while but didn't get much flow or drama in this one i didn't think the action was all that spectacular um just you know this kind of from this point on felt like a series of just filler matches for the rest of this raw
1: dude we had nine matches on this show and a lot of it was just like plug and pl- just no plug build. and put into place just we're filling time with matches that's what a lot of the show was um no rhyme or reason for all of this i dude i had totally forgotten about benjamin and cedric as tag champions till they appeared on screen with the titles like the raw tag mm-hmm. titles you, you don't even think of you don't even think of that this division yeah this is the division the division had a tornado match tonight damian priest against angel garza bad bunny is out and the highlight was Angel Garza has a three-dimensional rose uh, for his entrance. Right, right. The yes. VR rose, yes. Mm-hmm. What happened to... Uh, uh, what's her
0: name? Burnett? Da- Danny Burnett or Debbie Burnett? That's <laughs> De- Dem- her name. Demi Burnett.
1: Demi. Yeah.
0: Then there was... Um, his wife, his fiance
1: in real life? Well, I guess... To- oh, uh, Charlie? Well, there was Charlie, and then wasn't Sarah Schreiber getting flirted with as well for a, for a time? I don't remember. He seems he's just going solo now. It I, doesn't seem like he's all that great with women.
0: Well, it's... Uh...
1: Maybe it's an inferiority complex. He projects this, but there's an insecure man inside.
0: Oh, like sort of a... (laughs) Like a... um, Some sort of a psychological story. Interesting. Like Womanizer actually has like um, deep-rooted
1: insecurities. Yeah, he's just someone that... I mean, he maybe broke his heart when he was younger. And he's just afraid to commit again to share his his life with another.
0: That would make a great pro wrestling storyline.
1: So Garza got in a lot of offense... And he was berating Bad Bunny on the floor. Priest came back. Garza collapsed in the corner. Damian Priest hit the broken arrow for a two-count. <laughs> and he goes into the corner. <laughs> you know, like anyone in a normal fight would do. I think, I think Matt Hughes used to do this. <laughs> and <laughs> Bad Bunny distracts Garza. And Damian Priest hit a spinning heel kick off the top. Be one. I would not be using this for every single television match. I, w- I would definitely pace this one for your hips. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I, I, I suppose, like, it, I think when you're starting out, you know, you want to get people's attention. You want to show off what you can do. It's worth sacrificing a few years of mobility.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> he hit his finisher, and Tom Phillips goes. <laughs> he calls that... Hits the light. Hit the light. Hit the hit the light. Okay, I screwed that one up. Okay, much hits better. The light. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hit the light. So much better. <laughs> what, so there you what go. Do you think hits the light. Wouldn't. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, you get on a stool, you swat the light because <laughs> it's gone out. You hit it, and the light comes back on. <sighs> Your power goes out.
0: Sounds very intimidating.
1: I'm um, calling it Hits the Light for now on. That's a way better name. I, I'm imagining this guy one day headlining WrestleMania, winning the title. One, two, three. He's won it. Hit the lights. One, two, three. New champion. Hit the lights.
0: Or maybe it's because he's so tall he walks into lights that are just hanging on the ceiling.
1: Well, it... He looks like a guy that was, like wasn't his gimmick like he was like a, a like a bouncer. So maybe he's he's on last Bouncing call lights. and he's hey, before you lock up, hit the lights. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Don't forget to hit the lights on the way out. Yeah. So, instead of reckoning, we have hit the lights.
0: <laughs> you know, on the one hand, it's great seeing Damien Priest makes such a good transition to the main roster. Um they're putting him in a very great role. But, on the other hand, man, him adopting this w w e style of like posing before every move makes him feel so much less realistic as a wrestler um but it does give him like whatever like it's it's hulk Hogan like they made him they give him like the Hulk Hogan textbook, you know it gives him a bigger presence. I imagine it it'll translate to i don't know more kids liking his wrestling. Um, and more importantly, I would say, I think it, it indicates that they care enough about him to coach him, to try to fit this ideal. I didn't think this match was that great. Um, and I've said, as I've said, I think the bad bunny stuff is starting to verge on like pretty go away, like a lot of go away, away heat for me at this
1: point, but overall it's still making him a bigger star. I don't think he needs to be there every week. I think that you're kind of just like, there's that. That desire that the company has of we've got someone, he's available, and we're just going to make them part of the show every week. And they lose kind of the whole point that you brought them in is because of this specialness that comes with them. And by WrestleMania, like the, the idea should be it feels special. And I just think having them every week on the show, I don't, I don't know if you're really enhancing things.
0: Yeah, especially if you don't have much for him to do but to be. It's like, like
1: Sting. You know, it's like Sting on, Revol- on, on AEW every week. Like, if there isn't that exact reason to have him there, well, then he's just becoming another person on the show and you're losing that specialness. Hmm. 24 7 guys run down. Priest fights them off. So now he basically is playing bodyguard for Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny dumps Drew Gulak to the floor.
0: Wait, to me, it just makes this. Bad Bunny looked like such a coward, you know, hiding behind this tall guy. But, I mean, maybe the novelty is just seeing his face.
1: Will they be able to help themselves uh, with the fact that the go-home edition of Raw for WrestleMania will be on Easter with Bad Bunny? Wow.
0: Uh, You know, that's really up to him and his PR people.
1: Randy Orton cuts a pro oh, fuck. I had totally forgotten about this segment. like I watched it and I just instantly like flushed it out of existence. You spat it out. I did something with it. Yes. Randy Orton says that failure is not a word he's familiar with. He's a how many time champion, like double digits like
0: 14, something like that
1: 15 That's a lot of failures in there. Well, it depends how you define failure. Well, I guess uh he's got a different definition of it. He has What what about what about multiple wellness suspensions?
0: <laughs> Those are definitely failures, yeah. Uh
1: again, maybe he has a different definition. Okay, cuz he's literally had failures in the company. <laughs> He says he has lost the gauntlet match, uh, lost the gauntlet match last week, then lost at elimination chamber. He said The Fiend was a distraction to me prior, so I lit him on fire. He's no longer a distraction and he's not coming back. I'm not distracted by The Fiend, I'm distracted by Alexa Bliss. And as he's cutting this promo, he subtly coughs and it's very like for all the promos we watch in WWE Never, never do you get someone like choked up or coughing. So it was very you'll notable. Get, you'll
0: get like wrong lines. You'll get, you know, maybe stutters often, but nobody ever coughs. No, cough no, is this is take. a this is a cough free company.
1: So <laughs> they show footage of Alexa Bliss taunting Randy over the last few weeks, and we come back, and dude, Black Tar is Ripping out of Randy Orton's throat. (laughs) And he's just... Cameraman not turned off by this at all. He's getting his frame perfect centered. And the highlight of Raw was... Cut to the announcers. Byron. Uh... I don't know what we just saw. What was that? And then Tom Phillips. Uh... We're going to do our best to move on. We've got Charlotte Flair and Oscar <laughs> coming up. A man's just fucking coughed up black shit backstage and might be dying, but we've got a tag match still to come and Jeff Hardy and Sheamus and Dana Brooks back to, to, with To Mandy. be fair,
0: like they saw a man lit on fire. Like th- these people have seen a whole lot. Oh, this kind so of why didn't
1: play. they say that? Why didn't they just come back? Like, please, <laughs> this is child's play. He's fine. So a man lit on fire, for Christ's sake. Dude, yeah. Randy Orton, I'll just say this. I I will challenge what, the, what would this man say no to at this stage in his career? Like, dude, he's just got his feet up. He's happy to be here. Oh, sure. he'll
0: do anything. He'll light people on fire. He'll spit tar right out of his mouth. Like this is a man that is secure in, in His position. Yeah, uh, I love this thing. Like there, this just reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango story, and uh, which was I huge at was, the time.
1: I mean, it was just like turnaround. Like there was pre and <laughs> post Papa Listen, Shango Ultimate Warrior.
0: I am. I imagined if I was in my thirties watching that at that time, I would have hated it. But I was. How old was I? I was probably like eight, seven. Uh, that shit sticks with me till now. Uh, this shit it.
1: stuck with Randy Orton, literally. Like this is like that. This is like from his, you know, insides. Well, I there are moments of this feud that are so ridiculous
0: that I just can't help but just like be like, "Bravo, great!" I can't believe you went there and you did. Um, and I admire that. <laughs> And this was one of those, like, Randy Orton committed completely to this thing. I love the subtle coughing, and when the black tar came out, it was just
1: like, he put his all into this black tar. I do look forward to the follow-up. I mean, this um, this does not warrant a, a destroyer mask, but maybe, maybe he's lost his voice. Maybe he can't talk anymore. Maybe he'll be a mute.
0: Well, who knows?
1: Maybe he will have turned into a viper like that tar turns into a tongue.
0: Oh, like a buzzard versus a viper.
1: Maybe that's WrestleMania and animal, animal forms. Match. Yes. That's the, that's the next level. We move on because folks, we got to move on. We have a live show here. Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler against Oscar and Charlotte flair. They had the heat on Oscar for a long time. There was a sunset bomb to Nia Jax, that I think she was supposed to hit the turnbuckle, but came up way short. They worked over Charlotte's knee, so when she finally tried to set up for the figure eight, the knee gave out, and she could not get it, and therefore it was hit with a Nia Jax leg drop. Big comeback by Asuka after she gets the hot tag, the armbar to Nia gets stopped by Shayna, and as she goes for the Asuka lock, Shayna's fighting it, Charlotte runs for a boot, and misses Baszler and nails Asuka with the boot and then Naya hits Asuka with the leg drop of doom and pins her in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, I will say this, at the end of this, this was a finish where the tag team champions won, and by the end of it, you want to see Asuka and Charlotte, because that's what the finish drove you towards, Um, as much as we could have used a champagne bottle or a manager on the floor. Maybe Akira Tozawa could have come out with nunchucks, and passed them to Charlotte, who didn't want to use them, and that led to Asuka being pinned. But no, instead they went this direction.
0: I'm sure like if if WrestleMania was next month, I feel like they would have done that finish for Bel Air versus Sasha, but they do have fast lane. They did they have seven weeks to go till WrestleMania, so they they need to fill that time with whatever they're trying to do with Reginald. I think they're just pacing that Bel Air Sasha feud a little bit slower, you know, with Asuka and Charlotte, there's really kind of no telling how the timeline would have changed if Lacey was still active. I imagine that would have still carried its way over to this week. But them getting this match against Nia and Shayna seemingly from out of nowhere, to me, just seemed like a quick way to pivot to Asuka and Charlotte directly with and basically kind of writing off this Ric Flair-Lacey thing.
1: Maybe they're moving up because I, I, I felt just watching it that you do Charlotte and Lacey at fast lane and then you do get oscar, to charlotte, charlotte and oscar at wrestlemania and it feels like maybe they're pushing things up and does rhea ripley then come into the picture
0: and yeah interesting
1: so uh we'll see if they do charlotte and oscar at fast lane I, I mean the fact they shot this angle to this degree now uh th- this feels more like a fast lane timeline than a wrestlemania angle that you're kicking off now i mean it's possible they could do appropriate could for do the more. name of the show Perfect, perfect for this, uh, this, this program. Let's get it out of the way now. So, Asuka's upset with Charlotte, and Charlotte just is not really trying to console her. She's like, F off, I'm leaving. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. A match. Sheamus is dominating him. I don't know, it's like, Jeff Hardy just feels like, uh, you know, he's, he's got his place on the show.
0: It's, um... He's just a guy who's not being focused on who's there to serve up other
1: guys. You know, he's, he's a ricochet right now. Sheamus got his knees up on a splash. Then Hardy went for another one off the turnbuckle. Sheamus boots him out of the corner and then a twist of fate is hit to Sheamus. Again, the knees give out uh, as Hardy has had a knee injury for about five years now in storyline. Ducks a brogue kick hit with a knee hit with the brogue kick and Sheamus wins in 12 minutes and 16 seconds. And we'll see what happens with Sheamus, because looking at the current scorecard, this is a man who gave up a 20-year friendship. Why? Because of the title. And he ended up getting into the chamber. He would have already gotten in. He's a former champion. He would have gotten in. So all I'm going to say is that when you decide one day way to stab me in the back, just make sure that I've still got the title, that... You're gonna get what's what, what. It's worth it because right now, Sheamus, kind of like man, you tossed away a friendship. I mean, for nothing. I'll be
0: sure to wait until closer to some sort of big event or pay per view, till the cards out before I, I make any moves.
1: Get but, it in writing, because being yes. on camera is not enough. Mm-hmm. Get it in. Get it in, mul- multiple signatures.
0: This was a tough match to get into, not because it was a bad match or anything, but because I've seen this match so many times uh, recently and maybe even further in my lifetime that I just, you know, you're telling me in the third hour of raw with no storyline attached, no motivation for either guy to win Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. It was, it was difficult. Um, but I definitely think that you'll get a she- Sheamus and Drew singles match at some point, likely on raw. Like it's a worthy raw main event just to heat drew back up. Before
1: Fastlane, I was hoping that at least at the end of this, Seamus would get on the mic and say, "By the way, I was the driver that framed you." Oh, wait, I that was, was Elias.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Hit yes. Elias.
1: Yes, yes. But the redhead was never revealed.
0: <laughs> he should have said that. Still yeah. at large. Now that he's a heel, he can admit it. <laughs>
1: Okay, then we had this segment. Backstage, Charlotte Flair is nearly in tears already with Rick. I can't do this crap anymore. Probably a true statement. I can't focus due to Lacey Evans. You dancing, having the audacity, whether you thought it was funny or not to pretend the baby was yours or not, (laughs) I'm here to protect our last name. And our legacy. That's what I'm doing. Go home. Rick says I never said the baby was mine. <laughs> he saw potential in Lacey. Charlotte says, You see a lot of potential in blondes. Dad, she's a coworker. Rick tells Charlotte to that she became a champion on her own. But I like to think I had a small part. How about the tough love? I just wanted the best for you. At this part in the promo, all I'm visualizing is a couple of weeks ago when Ric Flair was watching as Lacey was ramming Charlotte's head into a locker. Tough love, man. I guess so. Here's a concussion. He was expanding the brand. He wants to be the man... (laughs) behind the Raw women's title, and wants the women to be the biggest part of the market. Charlotte says it's time for her to prove who she is and not be Ric Flair's daughter. You still want to be the nature boy, even on my time. So go home. And she's thankful for the doors that Rick has opened, but let me be Charlotte Flair. I love you. If anybody can explain this storyline to me, you will be a greater reviewer than me. Someone is going to watch this promo (laughs) in a a vacuum and feel, wow, this this was like great stuff. Dude, I have no, no earthly idea what's going on. And all I can um, envision is that they wanted to make it crystal clear that Ric Flair is not the father. And we are moving on. And we needed six minutes to do it. In a very strange fashion. Yeah.
0: They seem to really be afraid of like people thinking that they're somehow selling this idea that Ric Flair and Lacey Evans were, you know, having some sort of sexual relationship. Um, So much so that I felt like they were working overtime to explain it away here. Uh, It just kind of begs the question of why they introduced it in the first place. I, I definitely think if you watch this segment in the vacuum, it was it might've been a good emotional performance from Charlotte, but in the context of this terrible storyline, the weird tonal shift that you had in this particular segment, I think just kind of made her performance feel really melodramatic and insincere. Um, I'm hoping this is just their way of wrapping this thing up because I thought it was doomed from the beginning when flair tripped Charlotte, like very deliberately when he wasn't supposed to, um, It's just been an awful story.
1: A very strange story. Um, so that, that feels like the end of it with Rick. Like, I don't know what you continue with this. You don't have someone for him to be paired with. Um, like, I feel like this, this was the write-off of Rick.
0: I feel like there are still great ways to use Ric Flair, but this was not one of them.
1: Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke took on Naomi and Lana, uh, Lana took out Dane in the corner. They did a double-team face buster, and Naomi pinned Mandy Rose in a minute 37, and they did remind you that they do get a future title shot. Great. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Why? Because Styles kicks out his knee in the corner. Ricochet fired back with strikes. They were trying to play up the aggression of Ricochet. And then AJ tries to bounce Ricochet off the top into the Styles clash like he beat him several weeks back. And it's stopped with a head scissors. The recoil gets stopped, and a j drills ricochet with this knee to the face and hits the siles clash three minutes and fifty seconds. not very long i i mean these two are really great together. It's just very short, no reason for it, but I'll take it this late in the show and then uh Omas lifted ricochet for a big tree slam, and maybe maybe that'll be our first match, Ricochet and Omas together
0: oh okay I probably wouldn't go that long
1: Um, just a rehab match
0: for AJ after losing last night but I it's a it's a AJ and Ricochet match that I won't remember
1: wide open slate for AJ of whatever you do with him these next two months yeah Miz and Morrison are pondering the main event either outcome is bad then Strowman scared them away Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. Miz comes out for commentary. Miz notes he made the deal before he was champion with Lashley, and they need to earn the right to face him. He suggests a big tournament, and the winner faces him at WrestleMania. Strowman just dumps Lashley to the floor, then runs into the steps. Lashley comes back. He's going for the hurt lock, but Braun is too big, so he nails him with a clothesline. Uh, Braun hits him with the clothesline, and in a power slam, Lashley kicks out. Everyone is stunned. That he kicks out of the power slam, and Lashley fights back, hits the almighty spine buster, and spears Braun for the win in four minutes and 19 seconds. They did not let this one drag, just two big power men delivering big, big maneuvers to one another. And that sets up the Miz versus Bobby Lashley for next week.
0: Hmm. I thought, you know, if you're going to maybe give a week to really promote this Miz Lashley match, I thought this was a decent way of delaying it by, you know, using uh, Braun Strowman. I thought the match they had was like, you know, pretty entertaining Goldberg, Lesnar style of heavyweight sprint. And I think the length of this maybe explains the need for all that filler in the third hour. I feel like they will tease the Tuttle switch for next week on Raw, but I think that's when we see Drew McIntyre return, and we probably end up getting some sort of three way at Fastlane.
1: That was my thinking. They purposely kept Drew off this show, and I think next week you tease that there's no way for Miz to retain this title, and Drew returns to get his revenge on Lashley, and you can spin it out however you want. I think that's going to be the appeal. Everyone knows Miz is losing this title, and is going to come up with ways that he escapes with the title before he finally has to drop it. Mm-hmm. And probably next week is the first way he escapes with the title. Afterwards, they attack Braun's knee, he applies the hurt lock, and then Miz runs in for a belt shot, but he gets stopped and nailed with a spear. And that's how we go off, with MVP taking off his chain and, like, reading the last rites or something to Miz. Cool. Yeah. That was Raw.
0: Man, I thought this was a really slow show that felt, like, painfully stretched to fill its three hours. Um, I think... There's a lack of star power that was felt, and I don't even know how many people were missing, other than like Drew and I guess Keith Lee. But man, it just did not feel like a very important show, other than the you know um, the the bookending segment. A lot of matches that took place with no build or stakes attached. Um, you could really just watch this whole thing in ten minutes if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of filler on the show, and, I mean, the thing that's largely keeping the show together is this Ms. title reign. I mean, that is the overarching story, and I don't know how compelled people are by it, and then it's, like, the women's title scene is, like, your secondary story on the show, and then it's a lot of stuff that's just filling up time. That's, that's what Tonight Show was. I think they really burned through the post- pay-per-view momentum fairly quick on tonight's show and it just even if you're putting together your raw side of wrestlemania programs that seem wide open this year like i I don't know how much inspiring stuff there really is like if you're making up like your parts that you have on raw and not going elsewhere like you could do interpromotional matches i guess it's just what you have on the table it's i don't know You really need some great ideas i think to spruce up some of these pairings
0: well, I think Rhea Ripley will really help that title picture if they, they bring her in there. Um, at this point, I, I really think that would be the best idea rather than Charlotte Asuka again. Um, I, I'm trying to think who else they could really use. I mean, Lashley and Drew, I think by the time they get there, will be a pretty decently hot match, especially with like MVP doing a lot of that talking. Mm.
1: Riddle. What do you do with Riddle? Yeah, I mean... Keith Lee.
0: Keith Lee, perhaps, yeah. Trying to think what other names you have, you know. Sheamus is is kind of in that mix. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, it seems really thin, at least compared to SmackDown, that I feel like has so much more potential. But um, we still have seven weeks, so let's see. Let's go to the forum here, John.
1: We start off uh, with the poll. Tonight's show got a 5.24 from the forum, and Kate starts things off. South Park did an episode where they showed how Family Guy was written by manatees, choosing random balls with plot ideas on them, and sometimes I think that Raw is written the same way. I thought that the show started off strong with the Miz-MVP-Lashley confrontation, and there was a very clear story presented. Then we had Braun and Adam Pearce and Shane McMahon, and now everything is all mucked up and somehow less interesting. Rather than fiddling with the Lashley Miz storyline, they should be trying to find something for Asuka to do, like getting her a competitor who's on her level. Or they could be coming up with ideas for Riddle to defend his new title so that it starts to seem relevant again. Or trying to figure out how they're going to undo the long-term damage they've caused to the careers of everyone in Retribution. Surprisingly, considering how dire the story has been, one of the better things on tonight's show was the Rick and Charlotte segment. You see potential in a lot of blondes was a harder hit than if she would just kicked them in the head.
0: Hmm. It was a good line. We
1: got Andrew from Cape Breton who says, When I first got
0: the internet back in the early 2000s, one of my favorite websites was WrestleCrap.com. Their podcast from 2005 was the very first podcast I ever listened to. One of the classic articles was about Papa Shango and his angle with the Ultimate Warrior. It was an infamous angle from a bygone era of one of the down periods creatively of WWE. So with that said, I guess Black Goo is the signal that we are witnessing one of the worst angles ever. Papa Shango's reign of terror ended in 92 because Bret Hart simply didn't believe in Shango's voodoo and was able to defeat him. Shango was an undercard act until leaving the company after that. I can only hope for a modern day Bret Hart to just kill off this fiend gimmick so it can never be seen again. The main positive of the show is Bobby Lashley and hopefully getting a new main event player on Raw, a show that desperately needs him. They just need people to win matches to win titles. Asuka's lost so much that if she wasn't the champion, she would no doubt be number one contender four out of 10 show.
1: All right. There we have it. That is raw. Exciting.
0: Yeah. Thanks everybody for your feedback. Thank you everybody for joining us in the zoom double, double patrons have access live every Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, pay-per-views for all of our post shows. All patrons have access on Friday. So hope you guys join us for one of those. Uh, If not, just listen the way you do right now.
1: All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in live or downloading the show. We're going to be back on Tuesday with our review of Rocky Balboa from 2006. I'm looking forward to that one. You can still throw up feedback if you would like to for that. And then Wednesday night, we're live at 1015 Eastern for our Double Double Plus members of the Post Wrestling Cafe after Dynamite. So we will speak with you all then. Goodbye.